0: What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Wilton Fitness and Performance Podcast. In today's episode, we're just going to dive straight in and continue on where we left off on the previous episode, where we spoke about how you can better understand your values of health, where we dove into topics like habits, routines, behaviors, and lifestyle. And we also dove a little bit deeper into how you can better understand your sleep and why it is so important. And then we finished off the episode by talking about both mental and physical stress so if you haven't already checked out that episode then i would highly recommend that you do so just so you get a better understanding of the uh, full episode and without further ado we are just going to dive straight in where we are going to start off by talking about digestion and the importance of gut health then we'll dive into nutrition And finally, we will top off the episode by talking about physical activity. So without further ado, let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to the Wilton Fitness and Performance Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. So like I said, we're going to get stuck straight back in and... In today's episode we are going to continue on by understanding your values of health so to continue on where we left off we are going to dive straight in and start by talking about the importance of your gut health and why it is very beneficial for your health to keep a good eye on your digestion so Basically, I'm just going to explain the process of digestion as simply as I possibly can. So the digestive process starts in the mouth with the teeth and the saliva and it basically just moves through the body system and converts the foods that we eat into the simplest forms. So these are things like carbs which get uh, broken down into glucose or also known as sugars Then we've got protein which gets broken down into amino acids and then we've got fats which of course get broken down into fatty acids so the food is then broken down and it is then absorbed into the bloodstream from the small intestine and then the nutrients are carried into each cell inside the body so from there once the food has passed through the small intestine that is when it enters the large intestine where you have got trillions and trillions of different bacteria or uh, known as the microbiome now it is so important to keep a close eye and yeah keep a close eye on the health of your microbiome because in today's modern world we are so susceptible to giving in to foods that have been genetically modified by these multi multi-million dollar companies where they literally suck out the nutrient density from most natural foods and replace them with artificial sweeteners colors and preservatives and the reason why they do that is because it is cheaper for them to create these foods en masse and also it just enables them to make more money but in the meantime what it is doing is and this is not for all foods but for most of the foods that are advertised on the TV uh, and you know just general junk that is full of uh, processed sugars and fats The this is the stuff that is going to destroy your microbiome and effectively give you poor digestion and When you've got poor digestion and gut health, basically it can literally fuck up other streams and other systems in your entire body. Because essentially, how we live in a healthy world, it literally starts with the food that we eat. And when that, like I say, when that food is broken down, that's when the body starts releasing all these different hormones in the body to help with the digestive process. But when we start consuming foods that aren't natural, like, you know, you could, I could be talking about things like high sugar biscuits and uh, sweets, or as the Aussies call them, lollies. Uh, And you could be talking about just processed chips and, and crisps and whatever else, you, you name it, anything that you see advertised on the TV that is kind of in your face to, it's basically driven or advertised to you to get your emotions to latch onto them. You know full well that that stuff is going to be, or it isn't going to be beneficial for your body and for your gut health. So um, and like I say, when you eat a lot of that stuff what you are essentially doing is you are destroying the trillions of different bacteria that are inside your large intestine and when you do that and you don't have a diverse microbiome or a diverse enough microbiome your body struggles to release these hormones and uh, yeah, basically hormones that are going to make you feel good so Inside the tummy, or inside the through the digestive process, let's say, your body releases serotonin, which is then fired up through what is known as the gut brain. uh, What's the best way to describe it? Uh, Through the gut brain connection, and it that is uh, transferred from the gut to the brain via the vagus nerve. And when we don't have a diverse microbiome, our body struggles to produce serotonin and or it struggles to produce an effective amount of serotonin to withstand long periods of time because the reason why... So, sorry, let me just uh, rewind that back a little bit. So when you eat something that is processed or genetically modified with high fats and processed sugars and all the other shite that that you see on on the shelves these days although you do get a very good release of serotonin that serotonin is only available for a very short period of time which when you do get that hit of you know goodness like for example when you eat a bag of Doritos or when you first open a bag of Doritos and you take one bite and it is as you all know for anyone that is a big fan of Doritos is when you take that first bite it is literally like having an orgasm in your mouth because the flavors that you get from the Doritos are so well produced and modified by the scientists that it gives you this big serotonin boost but once those flavors have disappeared from your mouth or the t- or from your taste essentially it makes you want to crave more because your body isn't producing any more serotonin and and that's why we latch on to these foods because and we develop these high uh, these strong emotions to all these different highly processed foods and it, it's like it's like we've forgotten in the modern world that we live in that all the natural foods that we are supposed to eat even though they originally gave us this release of serotonin and all these other uh, feel-good hormones in our body that we just don't want to eat healthily again because we're not getting that immediate kick of feel-good hormones straight away whereas we know straight away that if we open a bag of Doritos that we're going to get those feel-good hormones straight away but we know full well that they don't last for a very long time that's why we want more of them and more of them and more of them and again when you eat sweets like if you open a bag of Haribo you know full well that you are going to get a an orgasmic taste in your mouth when you eat like a a packet of tangfastics or Starmix or whatever they're called but then once that taste has gone from your mouth it's like you're on a come down because you've literally you're struggling to find that serotonin release from your body and you know this is not to say that this is not me trying to say that you shouldn't never eat doritos or haribos or anything like that ever again but it's just something to be aware of for those people that do eat Crisps and sweets on a daily basis because you are literally chasing a high that you are never going to be able to sustain in the long term. And in effect, they are each of these processed foods is destroying the the health of your gut essentially. So if you don't know what poor gut health looks like, or even feels like, I shouldn't say looks like, because no one is going to be able to see inside their own gut, but Unless you went to see a gastroenterologist but if you want to know what poor gut health feels like one do you ever get dull aches in your tummy that last for prolonged periods of time do you get regular signs of bloating are you a constant fart machine how often do you poo every single day or how often do you poo per week and what is the consistency of your poo look like? Or what does the consistency of your poo look like? Now, I know this can be quite a sensitive topic for most people, apart from males, because male this is something that males would probably pride themselves on. You know, this is something that males can proudly, proudly talk about, you know, they can start talking about and comparing their shits with another mate if they really want to, but, um, but this is something that you can take note of personally. And you can assess how healthy your microbiome is inside your gut. So think about it again. You've got if you've ever got dull aches in your tummy that last for a long periods of time. Have you got regular signs of bloating? You know, are you farting a lot, like more than an the normal person would do? Like, don't get me wrong. It's it's perfectly normal to fart and 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 things like that. You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but if you fart all the time then there is a sign that there is something going on inside your gut or something wrong in your gut and you know I, i'll be honest with you like you know i'm not up until like not too long ago you know i and my fiance will tell you herself like i, I inside our house i'm the constant fart machine but i know full well if that is happening to me then th- there's something wrong with in my diet and up until recently, you know, for anyone that knows me, I absolutely love peanut butter. Like, I will have peanut butter in huge amounts, and I will have it on a lot of things if, if I could. But there was a point, like, I'm talking even just a couple of months ago where I was having it every day on my cereal, and when I was having it every single morning in the amounts that I have it on, for the rest of the day... I, you would literally think that I was part of a brass band, on either playing the trumpet or the trombone. And, it, it to me, I was getting quite embarrassed about it, even in front of my fiancé, because, you know, I don't want to be sat there when we're just trying to relax at night time, and I'm literally like a fart box. You know, it's, it's quite embarrassing. Um, but... And that was when that was a sign for me that I had to go right. Look, I know exactly what it is, and I need to stop being stubborn about it, and I need to start looking after the, you know, the health of my gut a little bit more, just so I can stop, you know, becoming this fart machine essentially. Um, And you know, even so, now I well, for the last couple of months, I've been limiting myself to peanut butter just once or twice a week, and I've been reducing the amount by half because I know full well if I have it every single day, then you know it makes me really really gassy so you know just something to take into consideration and there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with tracking how many times you poo in a day or even per week and also keeping track of the consistency of your poo as well because even though it is very personal and you know I don't expect anyone to come to message me after this after listening to this podcast and say oh you know this is what this is what my shit looks like you know what I mean but what I'm trying to say is, is it's just something for you to keep an eye on just in case you do start to feel a little bit like you know oh, you know hang on a minute something's not quite right here so yeah that's just something to keep an eye on but now i want to dive into naming some foods that are good and bad for your gut health so first off we will start off with the bad foods that are uh, not so beneficial for your gut health and i'm going to start it off by talking about artificial sweeteners now this is not accounting for all artificial sweeteners because there are some studies out there that have proven that some artificial sweeteners aren't uh, damaging to your microbiome but there are some that are and uh, i'm not too sure if it's aspartame um if if, if, i'm not sure if you're i'm not sure if aspartame is one of them um but there are a few out there so and and, you know i should have written these down but i haven't but um just keep an eye out you know for patterns like if you are having a lot of things with artificial sweeteners in i.e fizzy drinks or you know things like sugar-free biscuits or sugar-free this or sugar-free that then just keep an eye on if you're starting to feel a little bit bloated or, you know, just referring back to the farts and the poos and all that kind of stuff. You know, so things with artificial sweeteners. Also having lots of red meat. Now there's nothing wrong with having, you know, small amounts of red meat. You know, we have tacos and and and, uh, beef nachos in our house pretty much every single week. Uh, So let's say we eat red meat twice a week. And that is enough for us to kind of notice whether we are having good or bad gut health or a good or bad week with our gut. Um, You know, don't have red meat every single day. You know, there are studies out there to show that if you do have it, particularly if it is cheap red meat. So here in Australia, what they do is like, which which I find pretty good is that if you go to any supermarket, they put the quality of the red meat on the packaging. So you can have like, two-star meat, three-star meat, all the way up to five-star meat. And, of course, the higher the rating, the better the quality of meat or the less fat it has on the on the meat. Um, but if you can, and if you are a huge fan of red meat, then please try to opt for grass-fed meat. And, of, of course, the higher quality, the rating on the packet, the better. Another food or, let's say, drink in this instance that is bad for your gut health is, of course... Alcohol. Now, alcohol is, to put it in the best way possible, it is literally just a poison. And, you know, I'm not in any way advocating that we should all be sober and we should never drink alcohol, but alcohol is very, very damaging for your gut health because, you know, it is a processed chemical, essentially. And, you know when i'm not going to dive right into it but we know full well that when we are having a few drinks of whether that be bottles of beer wine or cocktails or whatever it is that you go to is that the following day if you do feel a bit hungover and your stomach feels like shit, then there's a good chance that alcohol is the relating factor towards that so you know i don't need to go any further than that we know full well that if we are going to get tanked up, then please do not be expecting to have great tummy health the following day. Uh, and of course, just and to finish off the, the foods that are bad for your gut health, we have got processed foods in general. So basically the stuff that you would get in fast food restaurants like McDonald's, uh, KFC, Burger King, or also known as Hungry Jacks over here in, in uh, Australia, all of these burgers and and chicken nuggets or whatever it is that they sell they most of the stuff that you buy from these places has had the nutrient diversity or density sucked out of them and it has basically just been replaced with shite and also stuff that lacks in fiber as well so if you are not getting enough fiber into your diet that is a good sign that uh, you know, you are that you need to kind of step it up a little bit just to reduce the amount of uh, aches, pains, bloating, blah 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 blah. Now, we are going to dive into the good foods that are beneficial for your gut health. So, going to start off with uh, saying with just fruits. So, we've got watermelon, pears, raspberries, bananas, apples. No. If you stick with those on a daily basis, also blueberries, actually blueberries as well. uh, the, this stuff is very beneficial towards giving you a diverse microbiome. So, you know, this is just something that you can eat on a daily basis with your breakfast, you know, it's, it's actually amazing for me to notice how many people don't eat a diverse range of fruit in 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 a day you know fruit it contains naturally occurring sugars and if you have ever heard in the news or in the tabloids or somewhere on the internet that eating too much fruit is bad for you then take no fucking notice you know there is absolutely nothing wrong with eating fruit because the fruit that you eat is digested differently to the processed sugar that you would eat from a processed packaged food so do not be afraid to eat up to if not more if you really really want to up to five pieces of different fruit in a day and um, next up on the list we have got kefir so for anyone that doesn't know what kefir is kefir is a drinkable yogurt which kefir is basically the yeast and other bacterias that have fermented In the process or from milk, essentially, like that that are fermented in the sugars from milk. So uh and it it, it kinda it kind of has a bit of an acidic taste, but it is so diverse in bacteria that it is very beneficial for growing and looking after the health of your microbiome. And then, of course, on top of that, we've got yogurt or yogurt as they say here in Australia. Um, so yogurt. I'm not just talking about the like muller or muller light, get rid of that shit because it's full of sugar. I'm talking about Greek yoghurt, like not Greek style, but Greek yoghurt, like full Greek yoghurt, or you can even get coconut yoghurt, actually. That's even that's, that's just as, as beneficial uh, because when they make coconut yoghurt, of course, they are adding uh, things like kefir into that just to make sure that you are getting uh, enough uh, bacteria inside your digest or through your digestive process things also like uh, asparagus uh, garlic onions beans and legumes and also on my list here i have got kombucha which kombucha is only something that i came across when i first landed here in australia and you know it's never something i've ever heard of before Um, but it it is just a, a to my knowledge it's just a fermented f- what i don't even know what it is uh it is uh let me i'm gonna have to google it while we're live here so just to uh to live on the podcast or kombucha um uh, so kombucha is it's fermented tea essentially that's all it is it's just fermented tea and uh you know you can get some that it that is lightly sweetened uh, and you can get it in black or green tea uh, but like I say, it's a very, that is also something that is rather beneficial for the health of your gut. And then of course, finishing off the list, we have got miso. Now miso, the most common thing that people have heard of with miso is miso soup, which you will find in most Japanese uh, restaurants or, you know, things you could eat or Japanese recipes, let's say. Um, and I'm sure that you there are Uh, Lots of different ways that you can include miso into your foods uh, but the most common one which even the most common one to my knowledge anyway is miso soup which is something that uh, my fiance often gets when we go out for sushi so next up or the next topic that we are going to dive into and that is nutrition now although i have already spoke about a few things regarding nutrition that are beneficial for your gut health this is just going to go over the simplistics of the importance of nutrition in general so Pretty much everything that we do on a daily basis is fueled by the food that we eat. Okay? And that is things like eating an optimal amount of protein, optimal amount of carbs, and an optimal amount of good fats. And though for those three, So protein, carbs, and fats, they are known as macronutrients, and they are essential to the health and wealth of your day or energy of the energy in your day. Uh, But also on top of that, you have got micronutrients. Now, micronutrients are the vitamins and minerals. That we only need a small of ma- small amount of, hence the name micro. And this is the stuff that you would gen- generally find in whole foods, so things like fruits, vegetables, m- meats, uh, eggs. You can find them in nuts, beans, legumes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, but I wanted to kind of just question you a couple of uh, with a few things regarding nutrition. And this is something, if you do have a notepad available, then you can, you know, you can write this stuff down and answer some of these questions. And it's just something for you to visualize and look at where if you need to improve on any of these aspects. So, I just want to question you and say, or ask, sorry, how many times do you eat fruit and vegetables in a single day? so the recommended guidelines for anything that you see or hear on the internet or the radio or the news is that we should eat five pieces of fruit and veg every single day now of course that is pretty good advice you know i'm not going to go against that and um, if you can eat more then absolutely perfect and um, but i think you know it's something for you to kind of assess and question in your own daily meal routine and just write that down if you you know if you if it's something that you want to kind of assess at the end of this podcast and but just ask yourself how many times do you eat fruit and how many times do you eat veggies in a single day second up how much water are you drinking in a single day you know it's something that i can't stress enough of especially to people here in australia with the weather being so hot all year round that you need to drink water you water is so so important to the health to to your health and longevity and not enough people drink enough of it instead people think it's okay to drink more coffee than water drink more fizzy drinks than water you know just drink even just drinking cordial you know like i can't stress enough to people that you should be drinking water like i you know i'm not even going to say an amount you should be drinking because the, the the amount of water that you should be drinking as an individual is unique to you and your uh, daily activities and your environment and things like that but you sh- you need to be drinking a, a a good amount of water every single day at least i'm going to you know what in fact fuck it i'm going to say you need to drink at least 2 liters of water in a day and uh, it's it's so it's shocking to know that there are people out there that drink less than one liter of water a day. And, you know, and if you're one of these people and you need to step up your game and drink some, drink more water, then, you know, think about, think about ways that you can implement drinking more of it into your day. So in the previous podcast, I spoke about morning routines. So, in a morning the second that you wake up you should be drinking at least two or three glasses of water before you even think about putting that cup of caffeine to your mouth and that even that in itself that is a liter of water depending if you have three glasses or not and um, that is a liter of water straight away and when you drink enough water that also aids in the digestive process because water literally flushes out once once water it has kind of done its thing through the body system it helps flush out the shite in your body so drink water and drink it often are you eating also eating a source of protein at every meal you know protein is essential to the um repairing and building of muscles within the body it is also good for appetite suppression and it's low in calories as well so you know i don't i'm not going to dive too much into protein here but we need to be eating at least a source of protein at every meal Uh, and if i could have a recommendation i would probably recommend at least 20 grams of it per meal just so you know you are getting enough and even if you are only eating three meals a day and you're only getting 20 grams of protein per meal that's still 60 grams of protein in in a day and to me that's enough you know it's often that particularly in the bodybuilding world or people that perform a lot of strength training that you need to eat like 200 grams of protein in a day or 150 grams to 200 grams a day and to me to be honest you don't need to you don't need to have that much you know you know if you want to become a fat box you know because your body can't process that much protein in a day particularly if you're not getting enough fiber then you know, your body can't process that much, you know, do you know what, actually, (laughs) i actually seen something, an an advert on Facebook uh, a few months ago, and I think it was by um, X. you know, is it Jeff, what's his name, bloody, that YouTuber, the the bloody uh, exercise scientist on YouTube that does all the uh, exercise stuff, so he put up an advert on his Facebook that, and he said that click here if you want to find out how much protein the rock eats in a day and eats like up to 400 grams of protein in a day and i was just like oh my god no he d- no he doesn't stop lying because if the rock ate that much protein in a day he'd be literally in boulders for a week so it is not true in the slightest so don't believe that you need to eat a huge amount of protein in a day just as long as you are getting at least a good source of it in in each meal and at least 20 grams of it you've done your job when it comes down to your carbohydrates try to aim for mainly complex carbohydrates so what i mean by complex carbohydrates these come from natural foods like of course you've got like uh things like your fruits and vegetables um so fruits of course i don't need to label any fruits but you've got Uh, sweet potatoes you've got normal potatoes you've got rice you know uh, you can use uh, oats oats are an awesome source of complex carbohydrates which you know that they take a while to digest in the body and yeah etc etc and simple carbohydrates they are also known as sugar carbohydrates or highly high sugar carbs or processed carbohydrates let's say And of course, they are things like uh, sweets, chocolate, things that are going to satisfy you in the short term, but then you are going to be hungry again in about 20 minutes time. So, you know, for example, even though, um, you know, you could go to like things like bread, you know, bread is such a simple carbohydrate, but it is probably the most common carbohydrate that people eat in this day and age. And it's only because it's so readily available, like, you know, that, you think of how many different bread brands there are on the um, on the shelf these days. You know, bread is so readily available that people are pretty much addicted to eating bread. You know, and yes, I understand. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to shoot bread down. You know, I, I understand that eating a, a a good quality piece of bread with a nice meal is you know it's lovely and i vouch for it every now and again but uh, if you are eating bread several times a day every single day then that something needs to be done there because it's just the high in carbohydrates and surprisingly high per piece of bread in calories and yeah your body when your body is trying to digest too many carbohydrates which I'm not going to go into in this episode, you know, the body just can't keep up with it, so, and when you're eating so much bread in a day, honestly, do you know what, actually, in, in my honest opinion, I reckon that if, for anyone that's on a weight loss journey, and just wanted to lose, even just a couple of kilos, like two, three, up to five kilos, if you gave up bread, like, full stop, I can honestly tell you that, your weight would drop off, In such a short space of time and you don't even have to replace it just don't have bread because yes you are reducing your calories but my goodness because bread is just in your face all the time and people want it with every meal you know on sandwiches or with soups or with even just to have on the side pizzas just if you gave it up for four weeks watch how much difference it makes to your waistline and and come back to me and let me know how it, how it goes because I'm telling you now you know I've seen it happen and it's happened to me as well like you know I I, I've, I don't eat bread anymore because I was eating too much of it and you know it wasn't good it wasn't great for, for my own digestion because I have a sensitivity to gluten uh, but yeah I don't eat it anymore and I, I found that when I stopped eating it at first that my weight dropped down quite a bit or my body fat dropped down quite a bit anyway. Next up, on the in terms of nutrition, we have got fats. So fats are, well, they come in three different types. They've got, we've got um, monounsaturated, polyunsaturated, and we've got saturated. Now, poly and monounsaturated fats are the ones that we want to go to. Uh, these are unprocessed fats. And then we have got saturated, which we can have just in small amounts you know this is not to say that you know they do label saturated fat on the back of food labels which is good and there's nothing wrong with having it but just in small amounts uh because fats do have sorry fats in general contain the highest amount of calories per gram so You've got protein and carbs which have four calories per gram and you've got fats which contain nine calories per gram so and when you are eating uh, a lot of fats it is very easy to go over the amount of energy that you are over your energy amounts for the day which is why people tend to become overweight in a short space of time because we are eating too many of those and but this is not to say that there aren't good fats out there you know, you, you can get things like, you know, as long as you are eating grass-fed butter with things like, you know, if you're, if you're cooking, like grass-fed butter, with, uh, you can have all the good oils like extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, which is relatively okay for you, uh, avocado oil, uh, even avocados in general. Uh, you've got nuts. Uh, uh, yeah, nut, nuts are very, very beneficial for you. Just try to... Lean away from peanuts, you know, as I already spoke about in uh, earlier on in, in the episode today. Um, but all like most other nuts, like almonds, macadamia nuts, walnuts, uh, and things like that, so so beneficial for your health and well-being because they're full of um, good. a good omega six, good omega sixes. Yeah, that's right. Um, f- from there, I just want to dive into understanding i want you to understand whether you are a more of a meal type person or you are a frequent snacker because if you are a frequent snacker instead of a meal consumer then there's a good chance that you aren't getting enough micro or macro nutrients into your day because if you are snacking instead of consuming meals particularly if they are snacks off the shelves in shops remember what i said most of these multi-million dollar companies are zapping and sucking the the life out of these foods or process or they're they're processing these foods and they literally have next to no nutrients in them and rather than focusing on the amount of food that you are eating you know it's we need to be focusing on the quality of the food that we're eating because yes although calories matter which i'm going to get to in a minute you know it's more so if you are eating Quali- quality, nutrient dense food that is going to have more, that is going to have a better impact on your health than just counting the amount of energy that's in a single piece of food. Um, so, if you are a frequent snacker, try to reduce the amount of snacks that you are having and don't be afraid to take some time out of your day or every couple of days just to prep yourself some meals. Like, meals don't have to be complex, simple meals that contain two or three ingredients you know keep it simple and just put a nice sauce with them and bobs your uncle essentially you know you can you can make some delicious foods and and just question to yourself how much processed food do you eat on a weekly basis you know i know people that will happily go out and eat out in cheap restaurants every single week or for those people that you know that tend to go out on a weekend like to drink alcohol that the following day that they'll just follow that on with eating Mackies or KFC or Burger King or whatever it is and yeah it's just just keep an eye on all of that stuff because although it is calorie dense and it's something that you want to make you feel better you're not getting any nutrition out of that so which is what's most important also and to finish off the topic of nutrition, because I tend to waffle on a little bit, um, we, I just wanna know, and I want you to kind of uh, understand which, uh, which way is best for you as a individual to track your food. So there are, you know, there are plenty of ways to track your food course for anyone that is familiar with tracking food we do have the most popular app out there which is my fitness pal and there are other fitness apps out there but i'm just going to stick with my fitness pal because it tends to be the most popular one Uh, but you can track your food via an app and you can either scan barcodes or you can weigh the foods and enter the weight of the food manually and it will give you an estimate as to how much energy is in that food or alternatively you can use hand portion control which was introduced to me by precision nutrition which is something that i like to use prefer i would preferably like a lot of my clients to use and that's simply because for me calorie tracking it can become a little bit obsessive and that's just my personal opinion yes i do believe that people do should sorry i do believe believe that people should track calories at first just to become educated of how much energy is in food but then usually after like let's say two to four weeks i just tend to let people especially my clients let people relax on the fact that you don't need to track calories and more so focus on hand portions instead so just to go over the different hand portions so If you are a male then having two palm sized pieces of meat or protein let's say not shouldn't say meat but because not everyone is a meat eater but you should have two palm sized portions of protein per meal then for carbohydrates you should have two to three cups of um carbohydrates so like if you kind of half cupped your hand you could have two to three cups of those of carbohydrates onto your plate then you have got uh, fats which you should have a thumb size of so like just the length of your thumb just have a uh, a thumb size amount of fats onto your body and also uh, what was the fourth one oh yeah uh, vegetables so if you have like if you clench your fist and you 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 should have two to three uh, fistfuls of veggies on your plate as well. Now, if you are a female, one palm size piece of protein, whether that come from meat or come from beans, legumes or whatever else, um, you can have, again, maybe one to two cup size amounts of carbs, uh, one uh, thumb size of fats, and then, in terms of vegetables, you can again have uh, th- two to three fist sizes of vegetables on your plate, uh, more so too, because you know ten- women tend to have smaller stomachs than men do, and uh, women's energy requirements tend to be less than males as well. Um, so yeah and I think that is it for nutrition I could talk about calories in versus calories out but I don't want to dive into that because that can either be for another episode or I'm sure that that information is out there for anyone well I'm pretty sure everyone knows how calories in versus calories out works anyway so the final topic of today's episode is physical activity now physical activity we every single one of us know that we should be doing at least some form of activity every single day but we don't and the reason why we don't is because you know one we have busy schedules we all have different circumstances and you know some of us can't always fit it in but um, there is and when I talk about exercise it doesn't have to be highly like high intense exercise It's just as long as you are getting your body moving on a daily basis, just so you don't become immobile and stiff, essentially, you know? Um, But when it comes down to physical activity, the most important factor that anybody should focus on is you need to be doing what you are going to enjoy the most, because if you're not, then why not? You know, the thing is like, yes, People know that they should go to the gym because strength training and cardio is very beneficial for them. But not everybody enjoys going to the gym because, you know, for many different reasons. One, it can be intimidating, particularly if you don't know what you're doing. Um, But uh, yeah, people. Some people just don't enjoy going to the gym. Some people don't enjoy strength training, and that is totally fine. Even though, like I say, it is very beneficial, but it you know some people just don't enjoy it and if that's the case that's why people kind of tend to lean towards things like sports like tennis or athletics or you know things that like any, anything else like gymnastics or whatever you could even do table tennis if you really wanted to um, but as long as you are enjoying it and you are elevating your heart rate you know it's good enough to label as an exercise activity and but You know, and it's so important that we need to move our body in some way every day because, like I mentioned earlier, we just end up becoming these like shriveled up, immobile pieces of skin. You know, like it's—I know it sounds—that sounds disgusting, but you know, for a lot of people these days tend to work in offices and behind computer screens, and we just end up slouching in these chairs, shoulders shrugging upwards. You know, we end up with these tight, tight traps. And shoulders round forward upper backs ended up rounded and we just end up like looking you know hanging over a desk and yeah it just kind of it's not very beneficial for our body if we are in that position for eight hours a day and then we're not doing anything to support that afterwards um so this is why um i want to dive into saying that whatever it is that you choose to do doesn't matter what exercise it is it can be anything you want it can like I say it could be you could be you could do javelin I don't know where the fuck that came from you know you could just go running walking and you could even just climb trees or mountains or whatever if you wanted to (laughs) but um, you've just got to make sure that whatever it is that you choose to do that you enjoy it and that it aligns with your goals so and the reason why I i'm so big on uh getting people to align their physical activity goals up is because some people just tend to get the wrong message you know like in terms of like some people have a goal of like wanting to run a marathon but then you know they don't do any running practice like some people fucking hate running and and that's me included like i'm not a huge fan of running and but my goal isn't to run a marathon you know I, i i'll probably never intend on running a marathon but that's okay but for example if your goal i'm just referring to strength training here if your goal is to grow bigger glutes or bigger shoulders then you need to be doing more glute exercises and more shoulder exercises because you know there's a lot of cookie cutter programs out there that you know that'll say things like oh you know join my program and you will get shredded in six weeks off even for you know what i actually seen someone mess uh, promote a four week shred program the other day and i'm just like holy fuck, four week shred program like jesus christ like I, not even i could get shredded in four weeks like i'm even as much as i love exercise not a fucking chance on earth Um but if you want to grow bigger glutes or bigger shoulders then make sure that you are doing the exercises that are going to support growing bigger glutes and bigger shoulders you know if you want to grow bigger glutes but you're doing more bench press then what where the fuck's that going to get you you know what i mean you know and this this message goes more towards people that are performing group fitness because group fitness is very is a very popular model in gyms these days but A lot of people that go to group fitness, yes, it is fitness, but there are still people inside group fitness that do want to achieve a certain body composition goal, whether that be to grow bigger shoulders or bigger glutes, but they still just follow along with what they are doing in the group fitness class, and I say this to people in the gym all the time where I work, that If you want to grow a certain body part, just because it says bench press on today's session doesn't mean that you have to do bench press. You know, you can do something that aligns more with your goals than anything else. Um, And yeah, so don't be afraid to mix it up and and do something that you want to do that aligns with your goals. Uh, Next up, in terms of physical activity, we have got, oh, that's it. Yeah, I'm gonna start naming the benefits Of strength training. Now, strength training, of course, the reason why I'm doing this is because I am a PT and I believe that if you perform strength training, it is so beneficial for your health and longevity. And you know, so and I believe that everyone should perform at least some form some form of strength training, just because when you get older, the last thing that you want is to become old and creaky and you know, you don't want your joints to ache and you don't want to feel weak. And yeah, it's not its not about looking jacked or shredded or whatever it is that you, you want to call it. It's just about looking after your body so that when you get older, that you can still run around after your grandkids and things like that. Because, you know, when you get to that age and then you find out that how, you know, how immobile you are and how weak your legs feel and things like that, You're going to be kicking yourself because you've not looked after your body in the early days. And, you know, so, you know, the benefits of strength training are, of course, increased muscle growth and definition, which, you know, which will essentially make you look more toned. Um, It's increased, they will help you to increase your bone density, which makes your bones uh, stay strong as you become older. Uh, Your joint mobility will improve or will stay sorry you will have increased joint mobility is the best way to put it uh it helps strength training helps your body to burn more energy while you are resting which assists in further fat loss so essentially just to kind of keep you more lean and it also decreases your risk of injury when you are performing both physical activity and also everyday activities so you know for example if you were to kind of walk down the street and you were to accidentally trip over your own two feet or your shoelace or something like that, and instead of falling flat on your face, you would probably have m- better stability and mobility and strength to stop yourself from falling over if you were if you had a consistent strength training routine. Whereas for anyone that doesn't have that, there's a good chance that you will not have the ability to stop yourself from falling over on the floor or and you know essentially yeah yeah, yes to stop yourself from falling over on the floor and to have that balance and have that stability and mobility from injuring yourself next up we've got the benefits of cardio now cardio of course is an amazing tool to assist in weight loss so when you are performing cardio whether that be high intensity or uh, low intensity also also known as steady state cardio it helps you to burn more calories in the present moment so for example if you went out and ran a 5k or you know you was walking up a hill or up a mountain let's say then there's a good chance that you would burn a lot of calories because your heart rate is remaining high for a long period of time which will essentially assisting you using and burning more energy at that present moment at least until your heart rate returns back to its resting state it also helps increase the blood flow across your body so your body receives more minerals and nutrients because of course we know by now that nutrients and minerals are diverted into the body through the bloodstream Uh, it also helps strengthen your heart and increase your lung capacity so you start to feel fitter and it also produces endorphins so anyone that doesn't know what endorphins are they are the feel-good hormones that are produced in the body and it is great for your mental health, which we also know. You know, I vouch for performing cardio um, simply because even though it it's not always everybody's cup of tea, and a lot of people tend to hate it because of how of the they don't like the feeling of the uh, shortness of breath. But once mm-hmm. you get over the fact of your breath being short and you are recovering because of the endorphins and the hormones that are being produced in the body it sends these signals to the brain allowing all these neurotransmitters to make you feel so bloody good about yourself so that's why i always recommend exercise more so cardio to people because it is very beneficial for your mental health Uh, it also helps you to sleep better because you are using more energy but and a big but to that is only if you are performing this outside of a two hour bedtime window and the only reason that is because after performing cardio your body temperature remains high and that's not because your heart rate's high but just because your body temperature in general still remains at a high level and when you are going to sleep your body needs to be just below its regular temperature just so you can fall into a lovely deep sleep and also the final benefits of cardio it helps improve sex drive in women believe it or not so yeah that's what i've got written down here it help imp- helps improve the libido in women now although just to close and conclude this pon- podcast podcast even though exercise is very beneficial for our body and our mental health it is of course a stress on the body so please 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 if you are wanting to take up exercise start at the minimum effective dose so perform the very minimum that you need to do at first if you are a beginner towards your goals and then increase slowly because if you are performing exercise at a high intensity every single day it is a huge stress on the body so you know like i say although it's beneficial for the body too much of it is uh has a downside as well so um just be exercise you know if, as a recommendation anywhere between exercising three to five times a week for at least an 45 minutes to an hour at a time is going to be beneficial to everyone but if you are training every day and there are some people that I know out there that train every day twice a day you are going to lead yourself closer to burnout in a very very short space of time and you know for those people that do want to do that you will probably look insanely good in terms of your body composition and aesthetically your body will look like a greek god or goddess but in on the inside of your body you will be suffering so please just perform exercise sparingly so three to five times a week for 45 minutes to an hour each time and make sure that you are recovering optimally by eating good nutrition you are looking after your digestion and also make sure that you are getting a good amount of sleep every single day because otherwise you will not recover. And I think that's it for today's episode guys. You know, I've gone on for almost an hour again. I am making a promise that from now on I'm going to try and keep the episodes shorter than an hour but because I like to talk, hence the reason why I have started a podcast. You know, I can't I can't well I can't you know what i shouldn't make a promise actually because you know i do love to waffle on and i do love to help people and educate people in their own health and well-being and um, but you know what well if it's if it takes an hour to record another episode then it takes an hour to record an episode but for anyone that has made it this far into the podcast thank you very much for joining me and I am looking forward to seeing you and hearing your thoughts on this episode, but yet yeah, more so looking forward to seeing you over on the next episode. Uh, We have got some guests coming up on the show which is very exciting times and yeah for now if you haven't already then please click on the follow button on my Spotify page just to keep up to date with any upcoming episodes and please click on that little notification bell. Also share with a friend as well if you think that any of these podcast episodes will benefit someone close to you or someone that you love. Thanks, guys. Peace out and enjoy the rest of your day.